weekly inspiration of Vayeshev. We know Vayeshev, the word Vayeshev means to settle down. And first, as I always promise, uh, here to tell you first the story, what exactly is going on within the story. Yaakov is settled down after uh, all the chaos that his two sons uh, created, Shimon and Levi. Uh, you know, Shimon and Levi approach life differently a little bit than, uh, than Yaakov. You know, there was two ways to approach life to bring peace. One is Yaakov style, one is Shimon and Levi style. Shimon and Levi came up with what's the justice, what's the right thing to do. And a lot of time when you're looking for justice, you're going to do something that can hurt people because you think you're right, always between two people, between two companies. Uh, when there is a need to, to who's right, uh, it's going to create fight, going to create problem. But when you do it like Yaakov, what a beautiful style we read last week portion. Yaakov come to his brother Esau, try to kill him, and he turned him into his lover. How can you turn an enemy into love you? That's what we studied last week. Tonight, we want to talk more about abundance versus jealousy. And abundance is not just with money, it's with relationship, it's with everything in life. So, there's many explanations about what is Megure. Megure usually, Lagur, it also means fear. Megurim mean fear. We know the father of Jacob was Isaac, the old representative of the idea of fear, of the idea of Gvura. But how is that connect to abundance? That's what we are here to focus. Yaakov is settled down. Most of the commentaries say, well, you can settle down, even if after you suffer. You can settle down. One of the worst things that people do in business, for example, if we talk about abundance, is to settle down. It's bad for their health and bad for their money. So I remember one time, kind of a wealthy family, you all know the name, but I don't mention the name, um, uh, sat with me and told me we would like to set up a goal for the next five years. So, okay, what's your goal for the next five years? How much money you want to make? So we would like to make uh, $68 million. And I look at them and say, why not 150? <laughs> and they look at me, can we ask for 150? I said, well, yeah, they ask for 68. Why don't you go for 150? And the point is a lot of time with abundance, people have that limitation issue. Limitation issue, they have that guilt. I don't deserve that much money. I don't deserve that much love. I don't deserve this and that. I don't know if it's a Jewish guilt or Catholic guilt. I don't know what type of guilt. I already told you the difference between a Catholic guilt to a Jewish guilt. Catholic guilt is when the mother says to the son, finish the food or I'm going to kill you. A Jewish guilt is finish the food or I'm going to kill myself, right? That's the only difference in the, in the guilt. You can't have guilt when you're looking for abundance. If you decide to look for the love story of a man of money, you, you can't kill it. You can limit it. And Vayeshev, meaning you settle down. Once you settle down, things start to go down. If, if you feel you're getting older and it's time for you to quit working, don't quit doing something. Volunteers, do something. Do not settle down. Settle down, there is one location you can settle down. It's called grave. That's, that's the place. And that's why it's called Kan Nitman. In Hebrew we say, here is Barry. Or Mekom Amenucha. Bet Menucha, meaning the place of rest. So the place of rest is the cemetery. 
Do not look to rest in your life, even if you made one billion, even if you made as much as money as you can dream about, you cannot ever settle down. There's no such a thing as settle down. If your goal is to settle down, your life will look always like almost I'm going to get there, but actually you're never going to get there. And that's the sad part. You always put a goal into your life. Always make sure there is a goal, not just with money. Anyway, so he loved Joseph. Why did he love Joseph? Joseph, you study a little Kabbalah with me. We know Jacob is Tiferet. Joseph is Yesod. So they are in line in the center column and the balance idea. That's what I mean, love. And I'm sorry that I cannot talk about it tonight. I'm focusing mostly about abundance and jealousy. And Yosef starts dreaming. He starts dreaming. He's like a prophet. And he sees that he will be the king. The problem the brother has with that, it's not what we think, jealousy like that. <clears throat> we can have that type of jealousy. The, the brother were holy. They didn't understand how Joseph can be the king. We know that the kings can come from the house of Judah. There is two houses that uh, basically a leader of Bnei Israel, a leader of the Israelite. One is the house of Judah. Okay, one is the house of Israel or Yosef. The house of Judah is the house of kings. That's the house of kings. That's, kings come from Yehuda. So the world have a problem. He said, are you going to be the king over us? We know the future. We are prophet as well. We know that in the future, from Joseph can ever become the king. We know the last Messiah, okay, what we call Mashiach ben David. When I say last, every generation there is Messiah. Every generation. Maybe you don't know it. It's called Mashiach ben Yosef. Every generation you have Mashiach ben Yosef. It's a chosen person who lead the Israel, lead the Jewish people into a better life. What is the difference between Mashiach ben David and Mashiach ben Yosef? Mashiach ben David is not going to lead just the Jew. He will lead the whole the old people. Eight billion people will lead by Mashiach ben David. Uh, if you don't know it. It will be a war between two forces, mostly the Muslim and the Christian, will fight. In the end, Mashiach ben David will say, I have an idea that we believe a person should not raise the sword anymore. There is no reason to study war anymore. That's what he's going to say. And people will start study that method and he will go from country to country to teach how to do it. That's Mashiach ben David. That's actually the ultimate goal we're always praying that Mashiach ben David will come. But without Mashiach ben Yosef, you cannot bring Mashiach ben David. Okay, so the problem the brother has with him, it's not a jealousy, regular jealousy. They were, didn't understand how, how there, how there he think to be the king. Bottom line, you know what happened. It's not the time to talk bad about Jewish people, especially not in those days. But, you know, they sold uh, their brother to what we call slavery. And we know the rules, we know the halakha about selling your brother to a slave. And uh, of course, they've been punished for that, so you cannot look for what went wrong. They were reincarnate, the Arizal, Rabbi Isaac Louis, I would say, they were reincarnate into the Asara Rugebalchut, into Rabbi Shimon Gamliel, Rabbi Shimon Kol Gadol, into Rabbi Akiva. All of those people reincarnate into the greatest tzaddikim and die because of that. So they already pay whatever they need to pay for that. So those of you who think maybe we're suffering right now from Hamas, from Palestinians, because of that, no, we don't. That's not uh, the reason we suffer from Hamas. There is a reason. Remember I said for the last three weeks, you can never point the finger outside if you want to take the lead. If you want to take the lead over your life and you do this, you're lost. If you want to start fixing your life and you do this, 
which means it's up to me, then you won already. You won. It's the same with your marriage. Let's say those of you involved in marriage or kids issue or that issue or business issue, and you're pointing the finger outside the business, you lost money already. But when you say, okay, what is that I'm doing not correctly with my life, that I'm losing money because of that? Now you start correcting. It's called taking responsibility. Okay? If you're not ready to take a full responsibility, do not expect the mantis to be part of your life. And it doesn't mean it's your fault. It doesn't mean it's you to blame. Many people think, okay, let me beat myself up. No, no, it's not going to help either. You're not supposed to beat yourself up. You're supposed to take responsibility. It's very big difference. I mean, I know that if you're Jewish, your mother will teach you very well to beat yourself up a little bit and then you feel better. It doesn't work like that. Taking responsibility, meaning it's up to me to make a difference. Taking responsibility before it happened will be better to take responsibility after it happened. I hope you heard me. Anyway, so they want to kill him now. Reuven is saving him. Okay, Yehuda is the one who sells him to the Ishmaelim. And split. Split in the in the Jewish people. That's what kills us, by the way. If you want to know why Hamas is killing us. Split. Split in the Jewish people always will bring enemy. Remember that. Split. It's called the split. We have split in our Jewish people. We have split in our Jewish religion. We have split among rabbis. We always have split. And the rabbis in this generation are not the Tanaim, including myself. They're not Amoraim. So if they not know how to agree with one another, shame on them, shame on me too, if I disagree with some rabbi. Because some rabbi, not just in this town, in many, many towns, stand up tall as if they are Tanaim, but they're not. They're not even close. So they cannot be in a place to disagree with any other rabbi. They can say, it's not my shita, but how can I support you? How do we learn that? Bet Shammai and Bet Hillel. Why does it say in the Mishnah, Machloket Shammai ve'ilel? Machloket means an argument, a disagreement of Shammai and Hillel. He doesn't say, it's a bet. Bet Shammai ve'bet Hillel. Bet, the bite, meaning the house of Shammai, the house of Hillel, to teach us it was never Shammai and Hillel didn't get along. It's the house. Meaning the student had an argument which rabbi is better, which rabbi is right. Among Shammai and Hillel, even for Hanukkah Indian, those of you know the Hanukkah halacha, Shammai say madlik shmone, you, you, you light eight candles, and then olech vepochet. Hillel said, Madhil, you start with one, and then ma'alim ba'kodesh velo moridim. You're going from one to eight. And we go by, we go by Hillel. Why by Hillel? Simple, because Hanukkah, the word Hanukkah, Chet, Nun, Vav, Kaf, and A, is Chet, Nerot, Ve'alacha, Kebet, Hillel. You know, it's, it's an initial. Chet, Nerot, Ve'alacha, Kebet, Hillel. The reason we're going by Hillel also, the other reason, because Hillel representing the idea of Savlanut, patient. And our people, the Jewish people, is all about being patient, being patient with your kids, being patient with Kiruv, being patient with any human being. If you don't have that patient, something is off. Something is wrong with you. There's no such a thing as looking for being right. Looking for being right is lo derech yudim. We are not here to be right or wrong. There's no such a thing. It's not yadut. It's not Judaism. It's not Judaism right or wrong. You know? No right or wrong. When husband and wife come to see me sometimes, they have a fight. And she say, he's wrong. And he said, she's way more wrong than me. And in the end, they're both right. They both each say about each other wrong. But actually, they're both right. If you listen to them separately, they both absolutely right. They have a great story. They have a, a great tale to tell. 
But what is the problem? None of them want to see the side of the other person. Ilel said about Shammai, Shammai is right. The first hand of Hanukkah should be eight candles because it's the seed level. The seed is more, more stronger than the fruit. But Shammai, he said to him, we live in Olam Azeh, we live in this physical world. The physical world, it doesn't go by the seed, it's go by the apple. It's go by the result. That's why we have to go small and then go great. So always to see the point of another. The split among the Jewish people that taking a place in this parasha is what brings Hamas, is what brings war, is what brings hatred, is what brings anti-Semitism. Don't worry about the nation. The nation are worked by remote control. All the other, I mean, all the other nations, there is a remote control that you have on your TV, radio, phone, whatever you have in your house, you press, and whatever you press there will define how your life is going to look like. If it will be a split among Jewish people, it doesn't matter how much you press, the battery will not work. The battery in the, inside that machine, called my Nukvim in Kabbalah. My Nukvim is something that you do from below to above. How nice you are to somebody you don't want to be nice to. That's the test. And if you cannot do it, then don't expect who not to do it. Them. You expect them to love you more than you don't love your brother and sister? Why? Why, why is that? Why? Why is that? Where, where is it written? Even in a non-Jewish program like Tony Robbins, Les Brown, they will teach you that. The laws of affinity. Everybody talk about the laws of affinity. Laws of affinity. That's it. All you have to do is to get along with your brother. It's a mitzvah. It's a mitzvah. Love the neighbor as thyself. It's in the Torah. So what's the big deal? Split. Split. Take the abundance. Even if it's a lot of money, put it to the garbage. I remember many years ago, I was uh, invited to go to make peace. A sister of an uh, individual tell me, listen, my husband, and my brother as a company together. Do you mind to go there? You know, we, we move here from Ukraine, from Kiev, and we move here to the United States, and we do pretty well. But, you know, we're we very similar to Israeli. We, we, we vocal our opinion. We're not holding it. We vocal. I said, okay. I said, how far? I came from Israel. I said, there's nobody like Israeli who can actually have like, like that. So <laughs> but I'm walking into the office, I said, what I'm going to find? And what I found is they're actually more loud than Israeli. I was very surprised. And wow, that was. And I remember I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm calling the sister. And I said, hey, listen, I'm not sure I'm the right guy for the job. He said, name your price. I remember she called me. I said, no, 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 there's no price. This is dangerous. This is real fight between two partners. He said, please, please, there's nobody want to take that job. Please stay there. I say, if you come here, I will stay there, but I don't want to see a fight, a fist fight. So I'm sitting there, and they agree to listen. And in the end, this company, by the way, I remember I used to tell them, okay, you will sit in the office at the end of the company, and you will sit there. You can never cross in the same time. You cross at 12, you cross at 1. I used to give them time. Is it clear, both of you? Very important for this company to make it. In the end, they sold this company for 200 billion, guys. Never talk. Never talk to each other. They talk, we put one lawyer here, one lawyer there. Never talk to each other. When they sold it, almost it was a problem. I said, shh, nobody talk. Talk from your office on the phone, your office, and everything went okay. 
If those two guys will fight, that will never happen. Sometimes you let the split take your money. Sometimes you let the split take your love. Sometimes you let the split between you and another person to kill everything you dream about. What if you cannot fix the split? Sometimes you cannot fix it, the split with the other person. Then donate them, donate them, or separate. Go to another place, but don't be in the same place with them. What happened to Yosef? Yosef, going to Egypt, he started making it. Abundance. What happened to the brother who sold them? Problem. His wife died. His wife died. His two sons died. Can you imagine? Yehuda. Vayered Yehuda. Yered meaning he went down. Vayered Yehuda. He started going down. Everything started going down. Yehuda, the most famous son. Ata Yehudu Rachecha. The son that represented Yahadut. The son that the word Yehudi, Yehudi means Jew, is after him. Is Vayered Yehuda. Say Vayered Yehuda. Vayi Baetai Vayered Yehuda Meetech. The children he have with her, both dying. Tamar, they marry first husband, he died, second husband. Why they both die? They both didn't want to make love to her. It's a commentary. I'm not telling you something new. The reason they didn't want to make love to her because they're afraid she will be fat after she become pregnant and she lose her beauty. If she loses her beauty, they say it's not worth it. She was gorgeous. So I said, no, we're not going to do that. Instead of it, it was a waste of sperm situation. They have to die. Because that's considered an act of selfishness. Why? Because the person is taking care of themselves. Then there is no taking care of any, any other human being there. One gone. Second one gone. She said, give me the third. Sheila. Yehuda. That's a law. Yeboom. Let's wait on that. Let's call me call me Monday morning, okay? Let's talk about it. Well, she called, no answer, no voicemail. She decided to come up with an idea. She dressed what the writing said like a prostitute. Unfortunately, that's what people understand from the parsha. But of course, it doesn't talk about Tamar. It talk about our Torah. This is about our Torah, my friend. It's not about Tamar. Torah. Our Torah. The Torah is trying to tell us something. This is not my words, by the way. This is Rabbi Lemelech of Lijensk, and you should all read it from Noam Elimelech. Rabbi Lemelech said, those of you who never been in Lijensk, never saw Ketusha, never saw Holiness. Very powerful place. So he say, Tamar represents our Torah. A lot of time when you come to read the Torah, you read it like a story. So the person who holds the Torah, he acts with the Torah like a prostitute. He ashamed the Torah. The Torah said, you think that I'm all about story? This is just a layer outside. Pill it. Look for the meaning of it. Look for the mute. Look for the Kabbalistic meaning of things. If you don't look for the Kabbalistic meaning, you're treating the Torah like shame. And then she see he doesn't want to understand it, but the chas. She covers herself, meaning the Torah covers herself. So the story about Tamar is not what we think it is. And then she asked him to bring Simanim. It's not about Simanim. She wants to show if he's, he's really loyal 
to go with the study of the Torah. That's what Rabbi Elimelech is teaching us. I don't want to bring too much explanation on things. I promise not to. But just to, to open your mind to see how important our Torah is just by giving you this little candy that I'm giving you. So, Yosef in the meantime is making it. He's a big shot. And uh, he knows that he's a big shot. That is mistake he did. That's a one mistake Yosef did. When you're a big shot and you know you're a big shot, you're creating something called tzimtzumim. You're creating something that's called limitation. You cannot know that you are good. Knowing means limitation. Unknown, unlimited. So when you say, I'm great, I'm beautiful, I'm capable, you are limited the thing. You focus. You take the camera and you focus on one letter. When you unfocus, you see the whole picture. So, like Vayeshev, very similar to the word Vayeshev. We all know what happened with Yosef and his master's wife. She tried to seduce him. He didn't want to go. Vayazov bigdo biyada. Bigdo come from the live God. Live God meaning to cheat. He left the bigdo biyada. And of course, Vayanas, he ran away. It's a Vayanas. Where it say Vayanas again? Where is it saying again? Vayanas means run away. It said on Yamsuf. Ayam ra'a Vayanas. It say about the Red Sea that also the sea saw, so what? And ran away. He saw the bones of Joseph coming. Atzmot Yosef. Moses brought the bones of Yosef and the sea saw that that man was able to uh, contain his spirituality and control his physical temptation. The sea can create a miracle. Repeating again. Never look at the problem out. Never look at the problem there. This is my issue. What is that me, I am supposed to be doing right now to make my life better? If there is no solution from within, within you, then the solution to look for outside called Avodazara, either worshiping. There is no solution on the outside. Yes, you can be asking for people for money and you can ask for people for advice and help. That's okay. But never think for a second that the help came from them. That's why when we, we get the Torah out, what do we read? We read a section from the Zohar. What is it called? What do you know? It's called Berich Shemeh. Berich Shemeh. Berich Shemeh is a section from the Zohar. If you look at the translation, what does it say? La albar alain samichna. I don't trust any human being. That's what we actually say when you get the Torah. I don't trust any other human being. I only trust the creator. In the moment that you put your trust in human being, is it not okay to talk to them and get advice? Of course get advice. But believe that their advice came to them, to you, through them, from the creator. And unfortunately, you know, when you meet people, a lot of time when you meet people who are uh, fighting, two brothers, usually two brothers always fighting. Always fight. I don't know what's the story with two brothers, but always fighting. Two brothers. There's like... So... When you meet people like that, when you listen to them, it's not worth it for, for two brothers to fight. Same house, same parents. You have a chance to make something happen. Hey, fighting. What are you fighting for? What are you fighting for? Chaval. Chaval. There is so, so good thing. Anyway, Yosef, because of she say what she say, they send him to prison. And in prison, even in prison, he start making it again. Why? Because when the light of the Creator is with you, it's, it doesn't matter where you are. It really doesn't matter where you are. Anybody was ever arrested in this room? I was. I was. I was. I was in an Argentinian prison as a terrorist, by the way. I think I told you that story already. Yeah. I was also in New Jersey. 
They happen to be in New Jersey, in Allen, Allentown. There is a place, Allentown, something yeah. like Allen Park, Allen yeah. Park. Allentown. Allentown. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I was there. Okay. I was there to give a lecture. And I knock on the door of, of the wrong person. <laughs> on the wrong person. So they called the police. There is a guy with a beard. It was winter with a coat. Very dangerous guy. The police arrived right away. They took me in. I said, this is my book. I've come to give a lecture. They, they wouldn't believe it. They wouldn't believe it. It took me about five hours to explain who I am. After five hours, I said, okay, it was already midnight. So no lecture, no, nothing happened. So a lot of time you have to be taken to prison, even if you didn't do anything, is to remove any uh, decree, by the way, of something really negative that you did, so it will clean you. So it's very important to remember nothing has happened as a coincidence. We think it's a coincidence, but nothing has happened a coincidence. Now, what is abundance? What is actually abundance according to the Zohar? Let's see what the first thing that the Zohar called abundance. And uh, I'm, not, I'm not here, uh, people at home, I'm not here to upset you. Uh, what I'm going to read is only from 2,000 years ago. So if it's upsetting you, I I'm sorry, you know. And if you decided this is not the truth, you're allowed to, you know. I believe by keeping the mind open, um, it, it can really help everybody, okay? So, I'm going to start like that. What is somebody with a blessing? That's what the Zohar asks in Zohar Vayeshev. What is, what is abundance? What is the blessing that we're supposed to do? It's say like that. Yesh echad ve'en sheli. There is a person who is alone or lonely. It's not that he's alone, he's not perfectly yachid, not alone. He doesn't have a woman in his life. Very interesting thing. Very seem very femi feministic section here. The Zohar is telling us something about the grave. The Zohar is taking life as a mission, grave as a second mission, and reincarnation is the third mission, or Olamaba is the fourth. So stages. Stage number one, Olamaze. How you deal with people in Olamaze. Now, what about the man who doesn't want to get married, like Rabbi Yonatan Ben-Uziel? Rabbi Yonatan never got married. He was not into getting married. But he's saying, If it's doesn't mean he knows all the Torah by heart. Because this is making the Torah like Zona. Remember, he makes the Torah a prostitute, like Tamar. If you just know the Torah, the story of the Torah, you need to know the premiute. You need to know the meaning. You need to know the reasoning. Otherwise, you look at the Torah with disrespectful. Here we're talking about a person who refused to be with a woman and have children. Because without doing it, you consider not exist. The question is why? What is it about having children? Today you have all kind of technology, you have eggs and sperm, and they can make the child in a laboratory, you know, and you're good. Why do you need a relationship with women? A lot of men don't get along with a woman. It's very difficult. It's very two different creatures, forgive my, my French. It's not the same person. We are both human, but very different. Thinking very different, fight about different things, 
desire different thing. You know, sometimes you see people who marry for many years, you see the wife look at the husband with a lot of patience. She doesn't even bother him because she knows where is it going with his mind. And she knows, you know, a woman is a little bit more advanced, maybe because it's a even in Bereshit, even, even from Bina, meaning even, meaning a builder from Bina. That's what it's saying in Bereshit. Meaning she was uh, elevated. She came from a place which is a bit more elevated than a man. Men came from the Eranpin, which is one step down. It doesn't mean the man is bad or the woman is better. It's just different system. Because Eve sin, Eve had to go to Malchut. She has to go one step down. The Ishech im Sholbach. And the punishment that her husband would control her. But it wasn't like this before, by the way. She was above. She came as a system above. And that's why when a woman becomes spiritual, she's always above the man. For that reason, Rabbi Isaac Louis, I write in the book, in Gate of Reincarnation, that the women of our generation are the reincarnation of the women that were in Cheta Egel, in the golden calf scene. Why? Because they didn't want to give the gold. So for that reason, they come to this life and their mission is to change our universe. So if you see women gathered together and making a group or doing something together, always take it very seriously. It's a change that's going to happen. Nobody will stop that change. It's happening in Israel already. In Efrat, there is an organization. In Jerusalem, there is an organization. In uh, Sderot, there is an organization we're involved with. In Tzfat, we have an organization we're involved with. In Modi'in, those women come out and making a change. I didn't see it yet in this town. I didn't say it yet. Maybe it's very comfortable. But it's coming. I know Debbie is doing like uh, something with halot. Well, not halot. Halot uh, meaning uh, uh, bacon of hala or bread. Okay? But we need to see more of that because if we will be able to get the women in power, I'm not saying that something wrong with the men, but uh, women have more malchut. They can manifest things in a way that a man cannot manifest it. Men has to be a visionary. Is as an pin. Is the flag, but the woman is the pillar, is the roots. So for that reason, he say a man is an idea, a man is a concept, a man is a seed, but without the ground, it stay a concept. A ground is what manifests the man. Adama is what revealed the seed of an apple. Without that, there is no manifestation. But again, whoever is man who listen to me, it doesn't mean you are worse or she's better. It's to learn to work together. And if you learn to work together and the men agree that you manifest him, it's a perfect unity. But if for a second the husband has no idea, has no vision, and the wife doesn't want to manifest, she's lazy, it will be a disaster. Disaster. For that reason, women give birth. Why is a man don't give birth? There is no mitzvah for the woman to give birth. No mitzvah. Mitzvah for women to give birth? Never. There is no mitzvah for a woman to get married. Not such a thing. So why they do that? They volunteer, say, Rabbi Isaac Louis, every generation to come and help the men uh, 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 they come up with. And Rabbi Isaac Louis, I take it from the Zohar, from Parashat, Mishpatim. He's taking it from the Pasuk, Ve'yatsa Ishto Imo. Ve'yatsa Ishto Imo. If those of you who know Mishpatim, his wife come out with him from Olam Ha'emet to here to make sure that he doesn't lose his spirituality. So if you see a woman sometimes too tough on her husband, you're not supposed to stop it. It's actually healthy. It's healthy, even if it doesn't make sense to you. Even if it doesn't make sense to you. We learn it from Rabbi Chia from the Gemara. When his wife used to scream at him, we learn it from Rav Zushe. When his wife used to scream at him, he never complained. He understood he needed. Okay? So, it's a, 
one of the things of abundance, okay, מהו ייתן לי דומה שבטא בשם קרובו שיש לו בנים שהקדוש ברוך הוא נותן לו שינה בעולם הזה. A person who cannot give birth to a boy doesn't sleep בעולם הזה, doesn't rest בעולם הזה. His body after he die, there is no rest there. If you think that after you bury a person it's over, no, it's the beginning. The burial is the beginning. What we're doing here, it's just preparation. Rabbi Avram Azulai and the Zohar and Megillat Ruth tell you thousand pages on the details of the minutes after you bury a person. This is just the life begin. Just give you an example. One of the things they do, they resurrect the person in the grave. And they make the, they dig the holes to become bigger until he can stand. I don't want to tell you more of the details of what happened after because it's kind of scary, but you can get all the books you want. It's on Amazon. You can read about it. Get your reincarnation, buy the version which is not too expensive. You can, you can also buy the book uh, Rabbi Yudha Ptaya, Rabbi Yudha Ptaya, Ruchot Mesaprot, Spirit of a Conversation from 200 years ago. Great books. It's all about what happened there in the grave. And in the Gemara, you can go in the Gemara 2,000 years ago. They write about how the, what's happening in the graveyard, all conversation between spirit. So this is serious what's going on there. So what are we doing here? Well, we're getting point. That's the only reason we are here. We're getting point. We learn how to say no to the bad and how yes to the good. That's it. So if you think this life is so seriously, it's not. It's not. It's a preparation. It's a chance. Now, without this life, you don't get a ticket to go to the grave. Without the grave, you don't get a ticket to go to Olam Without Olam you don't get a ticket if you can reincarnate or not. It's always buying a ticket. So here is the first ticket. How are you going to do? All what you have to do according to the Rambam, score 51% good doing versus 49% bad doing, according to the Rambam. That's, that's mean you did it. 51%. You have to do 51% good. But it's only good for Olam what is, what is wrong with 51? Well, in the Olam HaEmet, for every little thing you're not doing correct, you have to clean it. There is no punishment after you die. There's not such a thing as punishment. So what is the story with hell? It's only to clean the part that you cannot let go. It's a hatred. Jealousy. Can't let go of that. You gotta clean it. Or you choose to be depressed for no reason. You gotta clean it. Why are you depressed? Why? So you say... What is the next world to come? There is two consciousness, two levels. Olam it's called Olam Amalchut, is the world of kingdom of physicality. Here we struggle. Olam there is no body. The Olam to come, there is no body. So your choices are much more easier. Olam you know, you have to choose. Olam Ahmed, you don't choose, you experience. So, if you want to be peaceful, not for 100 years, 120 years, 190 years, to be peaceful, that your soul will be peaceful this life, next life, in the grave, in Olam Ahmed, you have to build a family. What if you don't have desire to build a family? Well, I don't have desire to eat celery, but I eat it on Passover. I do, I do. Life is not about do whatever you want. Get over it. If you do only what you want, you're in prison already. Every person who do whatever they want, they're already in prison. If what you want is in your control, you're free. But if what you want control you, you're in prison. 
you in prison. And that's the difference between abundance and jealousy. Jealousy is the Kotzke Rebbe said. What does the Kotzke Rebbe say about jealousy? People who are jealous never happy with what they have. That's why they're jealous. So they never will get what they want. What? Because what they want, they think is, is in the hand of the other person. Their good husband, their good wife, their good money, their good house, the good of things. It's never enough for them. They're always jealous and jealous and more and more and more. Stop. What about what you have? I don't care what I have. I want more. So if you don't care about what you have, then you don't enjoy what you have. Then you have to go and look for a better car, better wife, better husband, better, better, better approach, better, better apartment. It's never end. That search will never end. Because you're jealous. There is two types of desire. I want it because there is abundance who want to give it to me. Or I want it because the other person has it. Be careful from the second one. The second one makes you lose what you already have. Never want something because of jealousy. Those of you, let's say, alone and you want to be in a relationship. Okay? It happened. It happened. No problem. Don't be jealous. Go for a relationship. Very good. That's abundance. But if you're going for the jealousy as a drive, even if you're going to get it, it will never be enough. Always will be the next thing and the next thing. I remember when I lived in Boca, uh, a very powerful lady came to see me and she brought her boyfriend with her. And she made me, she gave me a list of 12 things that's wrong with him in front of him. Well, anyhow, I'm telling him to lose weight. And I'm telling, you know, she gave him the whole list. And she's taking care of herself. I mean, the plastic surgery is unbelievable. You know, perfect, perfect, everything. I mean, she cannot blink. That was so tight. And uh, the poor guy is trying to fit. He's trying to fit the situation. He's from South America. She's very American. But he, he, cannot, he cannot please. He tried. It doesn't work. He tried everything and it doesn't work. So... That's me what I think. I said, I'm the wrong teacher for that question. Let me get you a wonderful teacher. He is the best teacher. He is good with diplomacy. And so I, I, I pushed him to the other rabbi's office and say, it's good. It's, it's sweet. I cannot answer that question. I'm the, he's American. I'm Israeli. Ah, no, don't, don't ask me. I'm, I'm not the right guy. So I remember that guy, after, it didn't work between them. Three months later, he came to see me. <laughs> He walked to my office and said, can I, can I talk to you for a second? I said, come in. I said, what happened? Did you get married? I said, oh, no, I lost a lot of money, but I'm out of this thing. I'm out of it. Okay. She, she injected me into my forehead and the ear. And my, my face has to be uh, beautiful. And he said to me, what did you want to tell me? And I said, how did you know that I want to tell it to you and not to her? He said, I don't know. I'll look at you. And you were kind of shocked with the 12 things she wanted me to change. Uh, I said, well, I want to tell you, and I want to tell her, that if she compare you always to her ex-boyfriend when she was young, and she, it's never going to finish. It's never going to end, guys. A true desire is what you want. It's not what the other person has. Please, teach it to your kids. Those of you who have children, is one big lesson. If your kids get it, they will be always happy. Abundance versus jealousy. Abundance versus jealousy. Your kid said, Mom, Dad, I want that ice cream. How come the other person has? Don't buy it. Even they skip, don't buy it. 
when they say because the other person don't let them break you get to the car get out of there they're not gonna get think because they're jealous they want ice cream it's okay they want ice cream how come joe has it no we're not comparing things jealousy will destroy your joy jealousy will destroy everything you ever had look at what you have start the morning with abundance i have abundance i woke up i can brush my teeth i can take a shower i can walk i can climb the stairs i can go down the stairs i have abundance and more abundance will come but when i'm jealous how come they have and i don't what you already had gone Gan, where do we learn it? From Zohar Parashat Korach. Zohar Parashat Korach is a Korach Ratzama Sheheno Shelo. Korach was jealous about things that don't belong to him. He not only he didn't get it, he lost what he already had. Do not want things because of jealousy. Want it? Because it's, a, it's there, it's available. Lava lo. Lava lo. When toys of us used to be exist, I used to take my kids, and I said, get whatever you want. And I remember my wife looked at me and said, hey, 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 we don't have that much money. What do you mean? I said, just get And I remember my kids coming. I said, okay, now it's time for us to let go of everything beside one thing. And they used to let go of everything and stay with one. So people were there asked me, why do you do this to them? Well, what's, what's the idea? Get whatever one. I said, one of the mistakes that parents are doing with children, they are limited their desire. Very stupid move that I see parents doing. You should not ask for a lot. You should not ask for a lot. You may not get it. Ask for a lot. Keep your desire going. That's what makes you young. Never settle down. Never variation. Want and more. It's okay to want. You're not going to get it. Want. Go to Toys R Us. Yes, come with everything. Now let me take one. Let go of the rest. That builds the desire. A kid with no desire is becoming an adult. Desire is what keeps you young. Desire for abundance. Another thing that keeps the abundance versus jealousy that I want to share with you. I'm thinking of to share this with you. Uh, maybe not. Maybe yes. Hey, why not? You know. Por que not? Por que not, right? So it's okay. So it's a... Yeah. We say it usually... On the Yetzer around the evil inclination, Tov Yelet Misken Vechacham. Sholbu Yelet Misken Vechacham. Melamandu Shi Yetzer Atov. Aval Tov Yelet. We know that we have evil inclination and we have good inclination. The evil inclination starts from the moment you're born, Nefesh Behemit. And in age 13, for a man, age 12, for a girl, that's why it's Bar Mitzvah, but Mitzvah, people think it's a coincidence. It happened, you're receiving the soul of goodness. You start to behave good. You have a chance to behave good. There is a problem. The problem is that the Yetzirah was there first. The evil inclination was there first. So this is a new child on the block. If you have a new child on the block, they will not accept that child. Called the Yetzirah Tov. Called the good inclination. So the Yetzirah Tov now cannot be included within the Yetzirah. So you go to the person and say, Hey, can you share? Mm, no. No, I'm not sharing. Because the child was built up with Yetzirah. Ra means, by the way, those of you who don't know, Ra. Yetzirah, evil inclination. Evil equaled into Resh and Ein, Ratzon Atzvi, meaning egoism. Egoism is coming from the Ratzon Atzvi. It's not just the Yamaka thing. It's about how 
you are busy with yourself from morning to night. Some people get stuck in that age below 13 for life. It's called katnut. The Arizal call it katnut. A lot of time it happened to a man or to a woman that they don't grow up. They stay children. And a lot of time the husband and the wife get upset with each other. Hey, can you grow up? And I tell them they're not ready to grow up. They're afraid to grow up. They're still five years old. Says, my husband is five years old. I say, yes. <laughs> when is that going to stop? Say, sometimes. Eh, but, uh, 50, 55, about that age. Between 50 to 55, all men get adults, by the way. What does it happen to a woman usually? Those of you eventually will open that course. It happened to a woman between 38 to 42. That's the age a woman must get maturity. She has no choice. A man has to get maturity 50 to 55. So if your man is kind of 50, just give him a few, few months, few this, it's, it's, it's going to shape up. But, but a man will not get into that loot, into that loot before that. that that's, that's the way it is, unfortunately. And that's why people get upset sometimes, but there's nothing to get upset. And the, the idea of the Yetzer Atov is cannot go in. The Yetzer Atov cannot get that person out of the egoism and turn him into altruism. And for that reason, person chasing jealousy instead of chasing abundance. Instead of chasing the Yetzirah because the Yetzirah is kind of a new in his consciousness. And it's saying like this. How do you change? How do you actually change for immaturity, jealousy, into maturity, abundance? How do you actually change? What is that you need to do about it? So there is two aspects. Try, try to be with me for a second. The desire as Two aspects. The first level of desire, I want everything because I was born to receive everything and I'm ready to receive everything. And that makes me equal to the force that's giving. That's called affinity. I would like to explain it a little bit better. So, for example, I know that you want to give me the food there, whatever the food is, hummus. Okay? And I am now becoming a receiver for that hummus. Now we have a bonding, we have, we, have, we have connection between two of us. You are the giver, I'm the receiver, we both equal. No difference between us. The receiver and the giver are equal. Now, the second level of that force of receiving is when I am receiving, I am receiving a little bit different than the giving. I'm separate myself while I'm receiving. I am not receiving what you're giving me because it's there. I'm re receiving it because I want it. Every time you receive something because you want it, you are developing an identity to yourself. When you develop that identity to yourself, you separate yourself from the giver. I repeat again. Every time the giver is giving you something, but you are busy with what it's there for you to receive, you no longer connect to the giver. That creates separation. It happened with God many times. It happened between people many times. With God, how it happened? You go to God and you pray to God on Hanukkah and you say, God, give me that. God, give me this. And you want, you want to get it. You're not busy with God. You're busy with what, what will be the gift that God can give you. And you call it abundance. But you just disconnect your abundance from God. God is telling you how to receive everything you want. I am Rahum Tiatarum. God said, Don't worry about me. I don't need a secretary to remind me to give you money or soulmate 
or happiness. I don't need a secretary or little bell to ring the bell and remind me. And I'm not working for you, God said. I'm not working for you. Remember, I created you. If you have a problem with that, then why are you even asking for me? Do you believe I created you? Do you believe I created you? Do you even think in something different? If you don't think I created you, then why you even knock on my door? If you believe I created you and you knock on my door, do you want to have a relationship with me? And we say, no, I want the gift. What gift can you offer? Uh, soulmate. Okay, let me have that. God said, do you want to talk to me about something? Maybe we can have our relationship better. No, no, no. I'm not into you, God. I'm into your gift. That, my friend, what most of you men do. That called desire, I desire the gift. I'm not desire you. That's the difference between King David and us. King David say, I'm asking one thing from you, God. I'm here to sit with you, God, in your house. I'm not here to receive the gift, to receive the hummus, to receive the lesson, to receive the lecture. Next time you go into somebody as a guest, you get to know them. You don't get to know their cake. You don't get to know their soup. You don't get to know their house. You don't get to know their view. This is all nothing to do with them. That's not abundance. That will turn into jealousy the next day. How come they have a nice chair? How come they have a nice food? Oh, you saw the view and you saw how beautiful. What about them? Tell me about them. I don't know what they are. I forget what the name was. Do not fall into this category. This is altruism versus egoism. Egoism is me, me. Where is my abundance? How do I get what I want? Immaturity. But Yeshev Yaakov. Yaakov wants to settle down. He wants to sit, relax. He's suffering enough. Hashem said, really? Really? Did I create you to settle down? You know who you are? Do you know who you are, Yaakov? You know you are the only human that your face is on Kiseh Kavod. Your face is on the throne of Hashem. You're the only one. Pnei Adam. You're the only one that your face is in Kiseh Kavod. You want to rest? You are in charge of all humanity, Yaakov. You are the reason that the Jewish people can be protected in the end of time because you kept the brachot. You didn't use them. That's who Yaakov is. Yaakov, Israel. Aval, if you start looking for what's in it for me, then you're no longer looking for abundance. You look to compare yourself with the other person. When you compare yourself with the other person, the end result will be very simple. Jealous. You go out of this door today. You're going to look at a lot of nice house. You're going to look at a lot of nice people. You're going to look at people who eat a lot but never gain weight. There's a lot of those people. Unbelievable. You try to lose weight. You look at them. Wow, wow, how they do that? How they do that? You're going to go to the gym every day for an hour and you're going to get weight and weight and you grow like a donuts. Right? And Hanukkah is coming. Say, I'm going to have a little bite, a little bite. They will have two donuts. Nothing happened to them. Don't get jealous. Get to know them. Get to know those people. Get to know the people you're jealous from and learn from them. I had a friend when we were very young, like we talked about 28 years ago. So I remember 
we did sell. We used to do sell. And uh, whoever did better sell, give a speech. We were 10 guys, and uh, the best salesperson gave a speech. And uh, <laughs> I remember one guy from Canada, Toronto. He was American airline pilot, and he changed his career and uh, started selling. And uh, he did really well. He raised a tremendous amount of money. Nobody ever dreamed somebody can do it as a human can do that. So I remember he arrived <laughs> and everybody sit next to him. And and we took we took turn. And he said, his name is Abraham. He said, Abraham, can I can I can I sit to your left, please? And if you can hold my hand, you know, in dinner, I remember hold your hand. And I said, What are you doing? He said, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't connect to you. And I remember he looked at me and said, Liao, I was very young. He said, it's not the way physically, you know connect to me connect to me I remember he said you can talk to me not holding my arm so okay that's how you connect thank you okay okay I would like to connect to you I wanted to know you better he said why do you want to know me better I said well I heard some stories I said, yeah it's the wrong reason I want you to know me for who I am not for what I did or what I do and a lot of time I think we all do that mistake we meet people for what they do and what they achieve but we forget for who they are Yosef and Sadiq in this week parasha teaching us he stick to the plan. He become the king of Egypt. He become the richest man ever live. He become everything. Everything. Yosef become everything. Those of you who kind of judging him why he didn't send an email to his father that he's alive, he thought that his father died. He thought his father died. His mother he knew she would die. If his father died and he would send that email, then he knows his brother tried to kill him, they will come to kill him. So that's why he send, never sent the email. I would like to end up with a story that will explain something important. The story is from Rabbi Nachman in Breslev. It's a long story, so I will make it short. It's the story called Metaken Gadol, the Great Fixer. The Great Fixer. So the story goes like that. Um, in that big country was a king who was very sad, very depressed. And because it was very sad and depressed, you want to make sure everybody is sad and depressed. You know, because sad people don't like happy people around them. I don't know if you ever had one sad friend in your life. They're miserable. Misery, love, company. That's how it goes. You know, they don't want you to smile next to them. So the king uh, uh, is going around this country and they want to see what's going on. He want to make sure everybody's miserable and stressed and sad. And he see this little Jew sitting in a broken chair with a guitar, there's bones from chicken, half a glass of wine, and he's as happy as a human being can be. And he's singing a song and he's dancing. I said, what's wrong? What's wrong with my country? How do I have a happy person in my own country? So the king dressed like a regular person and he walked in. He said, excuse me, I said, who are you? Oh, they call me Ametak and Agadol. I'm the great fixer. So what do you fix? I fix everything. I fix wall, I fix chair. I also fix people. I fix broken heart, wrong relationship, wrong partnership in business. I fix it all. Say, so, okay, the, 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 do you make a living? What's the story? So I fix things for people. They pay me. Then I have a meal. Once I have a meal, it's enough happiness for the whole country. That's all what I need to have, a good meal. But it's got to be a good meal. A good, large meal with good drink. And my guitar, the whole country will be happy. The king said, okay, I got, I got to shut this person down. He's disturbing my country to be as miserable as I want the country to be. So what he does, he, he gave an announcement the next day. Nobody allowed to fix stuff with the metak and the 
So they make an announcement of the guy doesn't have a job now. That's what to do. He's going to the marketplace to see people schlepping, schlepping mean carrying some vegetables and fruit. He said, can I help with that and get some paid? So of course, you would like to help. So he started helping and he get the paid and he has the meal is a meal, is a wonderful meal and he dance and he sing. The king come to see him again, see the same guy. What did you do now? So well, I become a schlepper. And that's I'm a schlepper. And that's how I make a living today. Next morning, of course, the king made an announcement, no more schlepping in my country. Nobody allowed to schlep for somebody else. So he heard there is a cleaning job. He go and clean, he get some money. Again, he's happy. Again, the king making an announcement, no more cleaning by other people. Bottom line, this is five jobs. I'm making the story uh, really short. The Rabbi Nachman Bresla make it really long, many pages. And I'm going to the last job. He find he, he was lost. So he saw a sign, whoever want to become a soldier. The poor Jew doesn't know how to fight, doesn't know anything. You know, the guitar, you know, to fix thing. He can fix a gun, but he doesn't know how to use it, how to kill. So they give him a sword, they give him like a belt, they give him the clothes of a soldier, and he said, I would like to get paid every day. So you cannot get paid every day, you get paid once a month. So I don't mind to lose half of my money, but I gotta get paid every day because I have to have a meal. The officer said, okay, we can make that deal. They give him money every day. The guy make his meal, he's happy as a person can be. And of course, the king dress again, come to visit him. I look at him, he's a soldier in his own country. So what do you do? He said, well, I didn't have a job. He said, but how did you get paid? He said, I told the officer to pay me every day. So he pay me and I can keep our country happy. He said, my God, this soldier. She said, okay. He said, make an announcement, no more money on a daily basis to any soldier. They stopped that. Now he really doesn't know what to do. He took his sword. He went to the bank. He said, how much can I get from this sword? And just keep it for me until I can pay it back. Say, well, you can get that amount. It was enough amount to make a meal. He said, okay, I grab the money. I can make the country happy and make a meal. In the meantime, because he's a fixer, he's making from a cardboard, a beautiful sword, look exactly the same. And he's working with a cardboard sword and nobody know what's going on. So he asked him that the guy came, said, oh, that stupid king, every time he come with them with something else. And now he says, you know what I did? I gave the, the, the he tell him the whole thing. Okay. The king, didn't understand that that cardboard was was not real. He, he thought he was joking. So the next day, he say, this gentleman, the Jewish guy, will have to kill somebody who owe me money. And he go to the king, he said, I don't kill people. I'm a soldier, but I, I, I cannot kill any human. I'm not allowed by my religion to kill people. He said, That's, I'm the king. You got a problem, you will be killed. He said, I'm not allowed. So the Jew thinking, thinking, thinking. And he go to the king, he said, in front of everybody. He said, King, let's make a rules right now. I'm gonna try to cut his head. If I cannot cut his head, you let him go free. Now the king cannot say no to that. So he takes the sword from cardboard and he go, and of course the cardboard break. All the people, oh, and everybody, he was able to make the old people there around very happy. And there, Rabbi Nachman Braslav stopped the story. A lot of time we feel miserable, we feel jealous. We don't have this, we don't have that. I don't have my boyfriend, my girlfriend, my money, my toll. I'm not too tall. I'm not too short. I'm not too fat. I'm not too thin. If you don't know how to be happy, you're not going to be happy. If you want to know how to be happy, you're not going to be happy.
So what to do? Be happy. How to be happy? By being happy. How is a person being happy? What does the Talmud say about being happy? En simcha, ela atarat asfekot. Masechet Megillah. You want to know how to be happy? Make all the doubts you have in your life. Write them down. Write them down tonight. All the doubts you have. Every doubt. And start removing that doubt from your mind. I'm not sure I'm in the right business. Get out or stay. I'm not sure I'm in the right relationship. Get out or stay. Do not be on the fence. Do not be in a situation of the maybe. The maybe is the killer of happiness. People who are not happy are busy hesitating or jealous. Happiness is a, it can become as a result or as a cause. There is two types of happiness. Either you create your happiness or the happiness comes to you as a gift. Remember, the story from the Breslev Rebbe is not about the guy with the guitar and the wine. It's about us. We all live in a world where the king, the dark side, the Yetzirah, the evil inclination tried to make us miserable and sad. But we have to win. That's the game. What can we do? It's a game. It's a tough game. Not everything will work the way we want. Many times I try to work things out this way and I never get it done. Many times I want things to open here and it opened actually here. I'm trying to open that idea. Never want to open, but it opened here. There is somebody running this universe. But for that, my friend, you need one thing. You need a muna. You need bitachon. You need to believe that you are not as smart as the creator. And if you want to follow that, it usually works. But most people don't follow it. It follow what it can give them. And when you follow what it can give you, it will always come into an end. But if you follow the creator as it is, then of course, happiness will be part of your life. Think about it, okay? Just give it a thought. What do you follow if you are a religious Jew? What do you follow if you're not a religious Jew? What exactly you follow? What exactly you follow? You follow your own mind, okay? What is your own mind? Who told you that your own mind is your own mind? When you're thinking now about what you're thinking, are you thinking because you choose to think or what you choose to think is thinking it for you? You have to start going deep into your mind. Is your mind is in your domain or is in somebody else's domain? Wake up. If you think for a second that you're controlling yourself, I don't want to say you're an idiot because you look smart, but... If tonight, before you go to sleep, you still believe you, believe you can control your life, then you set yourself a Liao Komin idiot. You're allowed to say it by tonight. By now, no, because it's the first time you hear it. But if by tonight, before you go to sleep, you say, I'm in control of everything in my life. You can say to yourself, a Liao think I'm an idiot. You can say it. And you can call me and say, yes. Because control is not something you're going to have this lifetime. Wake up. It's not something. But you want to start to have control? If you want to start, then understand you have no control. You want to have control? Wake up tomorrow morning and say, I don't have control. Now you can have control. But if you think you have control, you absolutely have no control over nothing. I hope you understand that it's not philosophical. It's not philo and it's not religious. It's a spiritual idea. It's a spiritual concept of understanding how the operation in the upper world work because the gift that from above to below is coming toward you is endless amount of blessing. But if you look for that blessing only, you separate yourself from the true gift of connecting to the source of that gift, which is called the divine, the creator. This is what you want to be connected to. It's called the vekut. The vekut. 